All right, we good. All right, let's let's get that clap. You trying to you trying to get the clap? <laughs> <laughs> All right, one, two, three. All right, all right. That's that should sync up. Um, welcome to Run It the Fuck Back Podcast. Run It the Fuck Back Podcast. This will be episode fourteen, I think. Fuck if I know that Nipsey shit like threw my numbers off in my head. Yeah, that Nipsey was episode 13. This this is episode 15. This is season three or season two episode. <laughs> uh, season two episode five? Shit. Four? I don't know. Look, you listening now. That's all that matters. You listening. You tapped in. It's written on it. When you clicked on it, it was written on the thing. So. Shit, it was written um, like Nas was saying. That's some real <laughs> hip hop for your ass, nigga. Evidently, it was written like Nas. Shout out to Earl Sweatshirt. That's right. Um, Bro, speaking of uh, before we started recording, we was talking about Blueface or whatever. Yeah. Bro, speaking of Blueface, I got into I don't know. I've been on some cra- I've been on some trash with social media, like responding to people's comments mm-hmm. and shit like that. Yeah, because uh, I just been t- tired of like scrolling through the timeline and seeing all this like weird like this is good music, this is bad music I type shit. That. Yo, I hate it's so whack. It's so whack. So like I. This person had put like Anderson Pack as this is good music, and then put a Blueface freestyle as this is bad music. First of all, and how like, you gonna compare the two? Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's what? apples to oranges. How you gonna compare Anderson Pack to Blueface? <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever, bro. Yeah. I'm like, I'm already, like, man, already people invalidated. What? <laughs> already invalidated. People are so corny, man. I just can't believe it. But anyway. I'm corny too because I slid off in the comments. Right. Like <laughs> I slid off in the comments like, bruh, like obviously if you don't fuck with Blueface, you're not tapped in to California music. Cause right. Blueface sound he, it, this is not a new sound, bro. He sound like, like an LA nigga. He sound at, to me, he sound like a Bay nigga interpreted by an LA nigga. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's that nigga? Oh, AK always trying to get me to listen to this nigga, or like we always listen to this nigga. He an LA nigga, he got like he on some pimp shit. He got like wavy long kind of hair. He wearing a ponytail. What is this nigga's name? Sugar free. Sugar free. He reminds me a lot of sugar free, especially like the looseness of the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and like that's sugar- that California shit, that's what bro. I'm saying, like yeah. that. But like people that, and then the lady gonna say so. A lady replied to the comment or whatever was gonna be like, man, he he shitty. He made a song called Bust Down that he on I'm like, bruh. Content aside, you cannot deny the musicality there. Like he, the right. ebb and flow, the playing with the rhythms, and even if that shit is not on purpose or like he doesn't know that that's what he's doing, right. he still has mastered it. You know what I'm saying? He's mastered his own voice. Like he knows how to sound like him on the track. And people always try to invalidate him by saying like he gave an interview, being like, "I just heard my own voice and decided this rap shit was for me." That's a powerful thing. You know what I'm saying? That's super if powerful. You, if you record if you record some shit, even if you plan and you like, oh, not only do I like this, like like doing it, but I like the way it sounds, like, like my voice reads, like right. over, you know what I'm saying? That would exactly. get that would get me into, you know what I'm saying? Into doing shit for show too. Like, oh, this shit yeah. sounds good. Okay, let me do this shit. Like And like your style is like unique and you have the courage enough to to kind of publicize this kind of unique very regional sound and it's being like taken 
across the world. Like, that's insane, bro. Like, don't discount that just because you don't necessarily understand it or because it rubs you the wrong way. Right. I just don't like this, all this comparative, like, you feel me? Like, this isn't real music. Like, come on, bro. These would be the same people that love Lil Wayne now, but then back in 99 when they first came out. Don't even get me started. Man, you know you know how that shit go, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was thinking about this. Actually, I had a thought on that, but that's a specific thought to the Soldier Boy episode that I've been thinking about, so I'm going I'm to save that. We can talk about that shit later. But Big Soldier. But speaking of, and this is still tangential, but like, I want to know your feelings on Old Town Road. Oh, I love it. It's hard. I absolutely love it's it. It's amazing. First of all, it's such a fun song. The the drums are good as fuck. Great. The recording uh, is great. The recording's great. His voice sounds great. The bars are solid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that, uh, go ahead. I don't think it's a country song. See, but I do see this is the thing that I like. I but like, wait, I, wait, I'm gonna cut you. I'm gonna cut you because I gotta I gotta get this off. Yeah. I don't think it's a country song, but that doesn't mean that I don't think it deserves to be on the country charts. For sure. The reason why I think it deserves to be on the country charts is the same reason why I, like, Florida Georgia Line can drop a song with 808s and trap hi-hats and yeah. it still be considered country. Yeah. And I bet you if Post Malone was singing Old Town Road, yes. it would have been no problem that it was on the country charts. Zero problem. Fuck that nigga. So I, I, that I think shit publicly. it's... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's less a genre issue as more so as it's a, a young black dude. Of course, succ- of course. Like, achieving, like, a massive success off of something that he was just playing on, and they're kind of offended by that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's just more offensive because he's black, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. See, like, and, like, I even, I just, first of all, the song is hard. Fuck, I mean, yeah, the song is hard. hard. The song is hard. The song ring bells, nigga. You kidding me? I heard this shit out said, in the street in in out out here in New York, and I said this shit knock for real. What? When that nigga said Wrangler on my booty, I nigga can't nobody tell me nothing. But I like it because like I like the conversations that it's sparking. First of all, besides yeah. like the the racial component to it, both country music and rap music are derived from the same source and they're both intrinsically american music you know what i'm saying when you talk about american music it's hip-hop and it's contemporary american music it's hip-hop and it's country and i like that even if he's playing around on the song he understood that maybe the musicality could be different and maybe the instrumentation is different but like thematically it's all american shit that's why he's talking he's saying wrangler on my booty gucci have from like a cowboy hat from gucci all this shit and then I love the validation of Billy Ray Cyrus. I love that Billy Ray Cyrus yeah. fucked with it so much that it was just like, you know what? I listened to this song and I thought, hmm, what? What does a country song need? It need a banjo. It need this yep. and this and hmm, I, this shit sound country to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, just, I, I like the conversation to be like, st- stop just. First of all, just it's clearly a racial issue. You know what I'm saying? It's clearly like Absolutely. this nigga is a nigga and like we don't fuck with that. But like. I, he's talking about the the themes are the same. You know what I'm saying. The context is the, is the exact and same, I think, and that's what makes it intrinsically American. I like that kind of conversation, and I think that um, I don't know. And like maybe this is like very like high, like wishful of me, but I think mm-hmm. that I said to somebody the other day, like shit, they say racism still exists, but maybe it's getting better. You know what I'm saying? But like I think that there's something to the fact that like 
people always, especially now, are very tribal and focuses on differences between people and things and ideologies. But like this is like okay, rather than similarities. Yeah, you mean? and similarities are more powerful because like okay, like rap and country, largely and musically can be very different. Although like the context is the same because they're responding to the very same conditions. You know what I'm saying? Like that all of us are yeah. responding to because we're all Americans. So it's all American music, and yeah. I just love the very, the validation of Billy Ray Cyrus and, being like, you know. Uh, I think that the the parallels to rap and country can be drawn like. The, right, of course. First of all, if you go back, 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 back to like early Appalachian music, of course, yes, and exactly. like earlier, like pre bluegrass and all that, that shit and blues music are so closely related. Like it's just, it was just happening. It was happening at the same time in different demographics. You know what I'm saying? So right. like Delta blues, along with like. Um, Sort of like old Texas country and like, yeah, like that you know what I'm saying? A, a lot of that Eastern Appalachian shit, even before the outlaw shit, when they yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like, when it was like praise house music, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Same with Delta blues and then which went on to become Texas blues, which at the same time was like Piedmont blues was going on in like the Southeast, like in Atlanta and Virginia and all that. The, the relationship between all those three different types of blues and, and country music have like a few minor, you know, separations. It's like the difference between a fucking bottlenose dolphin and a spotted dolphin. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you got jazz, which comes out of that. And like the lyrical aspect of jazz also is still heavily influenced by country. The only difference yes. is country had a big infrastructure behind it exactly. because it was white people's music. So exactly. There was just more opportunity for country artists to ex to achieve large success earlier. Yeah. Therefore, the kind of growth and evolution of the genre and of white music kind of stagnated with like country and rock and roll. And if you listen to a lot of traditionally American white music, mm -hmm. country, uh, like country rock, blues rock, like white versions of rock and roll and white versions yeah. of all of these genres, they kind of stayed sandboxed for a very like up until recently up until about maybe five to ten years ago right and and that's because i think not because i'm just surmising and like my my uh interpretation of that information yeah is that because it was easier for white people to have that large success it was no need really to intersect genres it was like we gonna get these country bags. Y'all can get them punk rock bags. Y'all can get them, uh, right, right. you know, classical bags or whatever the fuck. Whereas Damn, black classical bags, S A B classical bags. Love it. Write it. Write it down. It's a, but it's whereas there. black people had to be more inventive with the spreading of their styles of music because exactly. there was no infrastructure. Hip hop. Because, like, jazz was an institution, and jazz musicians were able to achieve large success. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there has been no black music as enterprising or no black culture as enterprising as hip-hop culture. Yeah. And hip-hop culture was the first time black people were able to, like, create their own infrastructure. You get me? Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. I say that to say uh, the roots are the same. Yeah, exactly. Hip-hop music was hip-hop artists supporting other hip-hop artists, making radio stations for them, making shows for them to showcase the talent. Same with country, with Grand Ole Opry mm -hmm, and all those mm -hmm. medicine shows and all that. Like, right. they had 
they created a world around the sound. And now it's only right that those two very American uh, kind of styles of creating a culture are and starting to mix. Yeah. And it's been happening. Okay. Like, you got... Nelly doing songs with Garth Brooks back in like 2007 and shit like that. Was that. Early. Like that was like 2004. Rappers, yeah, rappers and country artists been. You got LL Cool J and Brad Paisley. Yeah. <laughs> We're accidental racist. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Oh, uh, so bad. Man. But like, you got like that shit. It's, a, it's like a conversation that shouldn't even have to be had. It, I don't like all this music, bro. Like, let it just it's happen. Music, and, right, exactly. I'm I've been talking for a long time, but I'm just saying like what you said about the the theme and the 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 feeling being very country and very like American music like it is, yeah, you know, it is, and oh this was my point I was thinking while I was talking this is my point if Keith Urban can come from Australia, put on a, a American country accent. And sing about some right. American country stuff. How come Lord Nas X can't do the same thing? And he's from this country. And he knows. And he knows the shit. Keith the Urban's fuck? Australian, bro. That's right. if anything. If I was a country person, I'd be more mad about that than another American. You know what I'm saying? That's facts. But people Keith backwards, like, it's all about. Yeah, it's beef. Keith Urban, holla. <laughs> No, that Shit. nigga can play some guitar though. He's a beast on guitar. Shit, he'll be a fuck that nigga. <laughs> That's the moment I got high. <laughs> I forgot everything I was about to say. Should he be? <laughs> <laughs> but I the think moment. this like talk about genre is perfect for talking about Norris Barkley though, for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the Odd Couple specifically. Oh my days, man! I forgot how good this album was. And that's why we do this. That is why we do run it the fuck back podcast because some shit you gotta run the fuck back because it's fire. Like this is true. And that this album. Phew, what you go first? What are your initial thoughts of Odd Couple? First of all, even and explain I guess what the whole thing is. You know, etc. And so yeah, so like Odd Couple was Norris Barkley's second album, and it was only two years after Saint Elsewhere. Um, and they're just like very different albums. Like Saint Elsewhere, I don't know what came first. Did I don't know if Crazy came way earlier than the album, but because Crazy was so big, I felt like Saint Elsewhere had a lot of bread behind it. You know what I'm saying? And it felt yeah. very much more intentionally polished and like big, you know what I'm saying? And like big grand shit, you know what I'm saying? Like Transformers is, is a big song. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's huge. The opening track, Go Go Gadget. A uh, big song, you know what I'm saying? This yeah, you Dude, I thought it was interesting that it was labeled. Wait, before home. before you move past St. Elsewhere, I also, St. Elsewhere feels very much like a band's first album Fact. in the sense that like each song, although all the songs in the album is great, and I used to sing that album in the shower front to back. I know like, this from personal experience. <laughs> Like every lyric, bro. Every lyric of that album. Dead ass. Oh god. Um, <laughs> but uh that album, the songs are more like kind of sectioned off. It's like it's like bookended. Each song is a beginning and a middle. It doesn't kinda it doesn't have kind of an overall aesthetic. You talking Whereas, about Saint Elsewhere? Saint yeah, Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, uh -huh. 
it like I just like you know kind of to close this fr- this thought. It feels very much like a band's first album. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. happened to just get huge though. You know? Yeah, yeah. It did. It it really does feel like a band's first album in the way that like all the songs are just like doing the most and it's very exciting. You know what I'm saying? Like they finally they've been trying to work with each other for years and it finally clicked and they're like, oh shit, like we doing this shit now. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. the second one feels more intentionally laid out. You know, even though. I don't know which one I would like better. They're kind of different, so I don't really. I don't think it, I don't think for me it's a comparison. I don't I don't really compare the two. They're just two different albums, right? Right. That's and I I, I think they're both equally great, and they both have like kind of specific places in my heart, you yeah. know, equally. Um. So what was you about to say about a couple before I cut you off? Um. It's just more subdued. It feels very intentional in the way that's like. I don't know, like the whole like movie, like the tape reel running and shit, like throughout the songs, like it feels like there's an intentional like narrative thread. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so like all the songs are kind of produced for that, and it's also like the first album that I think CeeLo was not rapping at all. Like there's no rapping from CeeLo. I think he spits yeah, he zero didn't... verses. Yeah, he does. He spits no verses on this on this album. He it's all singing. And yeah. with the with what you said about the film reel rolling, even if you look at the progression of the album and how each song, like the beginning of the album has that uh kind of rock and roll punk vibe yeah. to it. And then it gets into some like darker shit and then kinda ends on a dark note with mm-hmm. neighbors. You know what I'm no, saying? No, no, a little better uh, is the last track. Which one? Uh hold on, wait, wait, wait. Am I wrong? Is a little better the one. I feel better. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, I'm wrong. You're right. You're right. The neighbors is second to the last track, though. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, a little better is not. Oh, that's. I feel better. Yeah. I can laugh at it now. I feel better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, better. Even a little still. Lord have mercy on me. <laughs> Wait, Mary, can you hear this? Yes, and it's beautiful. How can you hear this shit? I've been hearing. What's up, Mer? Hey. Wait, let me turn. Hey, the where you at? Hey. It's Giddy. Hey, we need to get Mer on an episode, bro. We'll get them on an the episode. What episode do you want to be on? TBD. TBD. Holla back. Okay. Uh, what was you saying though? Oh no, no rapping from this nigga. Um, which oh, is yeah. like a major, <laughs> no which rap. is like just like the major shift in his career because he just stopped rapping after that for real. I mean, but then he like not only did he stop rapping, he also became a hook nigga. Like he just he became like the nigga to sing on hooks, which mm-hmm. is just like a different place to o- occupy yourself musically. You know. It, a CeeLo Green sighting became as elusive as an Andre 3000 sighting. Exactly. You know? But this is also a time, like, kind of a specifically prolific time for Danger Mouse as well. Fact. Biggest um, facts. Maybe second biggest fact. Because <laughs> he had did, uh, before that, he had did, like, the Danger Doom shit. Grey album. Which you hear him linked up with CeeLo on Danger Doom. Right, that was the first. His name's Doom, the 
Whereas CeeLo is a hook nigga, which that hook is insane. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and then he did, so he did Demon Days, uh, Danger Doom, and then he did Great Album in no particular order because I don't remember the order. Yeah. He but yeah, also he was out did, here. He also did that Black Keys album, Attack and Release. Right. When did Attack and Release come out? Was that? I haven't listened oh, to the Black Keys in a minute. They're on tour right now. I stopped the uh, Black Keys a long time ago. Yeah, they started doing a lot of weird shit, man. Like a lot of overly poppy shit. Okay, so Attack and Release and Odd Couple came out the same year. And Danger Mouse produced both of those albums. Yeah. And knowing him, he was probably working on those albums at the same time for, you yeah. know, maybe since 2006 or 2007. I'm he sure the type of nigga these... that don't close his sessions because this whole time he had the motherfucking trial version. You can't save a project, so you just gotta... <laughs> This nigga just got to have sessions open and live at all times. Got sessions open and live. And I'm pretty sure he was conceptualizing that Broken Bell shit by this yes. time, too. Like, Because that, that shit, shit came out in 2020. Yeah. Man, that Broken Bell shit was really crazy, bro. That's I really like Danger Mouse's Danger little run Mouse there. Too. Yeah, he had a good run from 2006 Four. to 2010. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Great run. But uh, I think that... The Odd Couple and um, Attack and Release, but since we're talking about the Odd Couple, I think that that was kind of where he found the Danger Mouse sound or, like, kind of where he showed, like, the Danger Mouse sound. Definitely. Because before, before that, it was, like, remnants of that shit. But, I mean, if you even listen to, like, the bass line on, uh, on Gone Daddy Gone or some shit mm -hmm. like that, like, it just sounds... When I hear that like palette, I'm I thinking I'm thinking uh, not gone, daddy gone. What's the one? Uh, I love that, that uh, going uh uh whatever. Yeah, whatever. 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 Yeah, the bass line on that, the guitars on that. Yeah, and who's gonna save my soul? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Yo, and I remember that fucking iTunes performance he did for for that. Was that like a... You remember that shit? It was like yeah. iTunes or BBC or some shit like that. Um, yeah. Performance he did with this CeeLo in the basement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> crazy. crazy. Yeah, that shit was crazy. <laughs> Big Tigger was on the one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that shit. I you had know? a Big Tigger line somewhere there, but I lost it. Um, Imagine Big Tigger tried to get a fucking verse on Who's Gonna Save My Soul. Oh my God! Big Tick is only verse <laughs> that anybody knows is on an R. Kelly song. Uh, Nobody will hear Big Ticket music ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rap for Big Ticket, bro. Right, that was it's it's a rapper. He only collabed with like the one nigga that got canceled, <laughs> bro. I don't even remember that verse either. I don't even remember. Uh, but I was gonna say, I couple. Lyrically, I think so. To to oh, your point that oh. the album is more, uh, it's lyrically it's like far superior, and I like think yeah. lyrically that Saint Elsewhere is great, but like yeah. Odd Couple really, really like. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's because Saint Elsewhere's lyrics were a bit abstract, yeah, whereas sure. like Odd Couple's lyrics very relatable were, and and just hella poignant for me at the time and to this day. To this and we'll, day. I wanna, 
to <laughs> I want to talk about that too in a second. But to your point that saying that um our couple was kind of more of a narrative and kind of a sh- like a uh story versus saying elsewhere. I think lyrically it's that way too cuz we kind of yeah. we kind of watch or we listen to CeeLo go through like all these different dynamics of you know just being a man or being a human being at that time in his life to end on such like a high note with the I feel better joint. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which I can't believe I forgot that that's how the album ends. That I think I mean we'll get into that later but uh yeah, I was going to say, listening to this album made me kind of feel crazy mm-hmm. about my own personal life, Marcus. Yeah. I'm a fixated-ass nigga, man. hmm And <laughs> I don't know how to fix this shit, bro. Like, I was like, yo, how do I feel the same fucking shit that I felt when I was 19? Like, about the same exact people back. Like, this is not right. I'm talking about like I was, <laughs> so I'm, the person shall remain nameless, but I used to like, you know, I used to have some rocky relationships back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's Shit, time it's still for now, niggas. Be, it's still niggas don't yeah, like me. It's still, I'm talking about with women, but like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's still like women that are not fucking with me, bro. But like, I remember like getting into like arguments with, you know, any of, any of these uh, women. And just like listening to this album and like crying down, like walking back to their crib or walking back from their <laughs> crib to my crib. It's like, ugh. And then it's like, damn, how am I transported right back to that shit? And am like kind of tempted to be like, damn, like, let me see what, let me creep on some Instagrams right quick. <laughs> That's funny because I had that exact same reaction, not for specific events, but like when I was listening to that shit, I identified with all the, emotions that I felt very deeply when I was like when we was bumping us in like 2010 you know we was like 19 20 and I was yeah. like damn and I still kind of feel that way right now damn this shit wild like yeah but it was it not in like a not in like a damn I haven't changed way but in like a damn I like feel very comforted by this album you know what I'm saying yeah I guess I, I felt comforted too but it's a very melancholy album overall you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I love that. and like I love melancholy. Like, I love, like, kind of being, like, kind of sort of depressed. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's my wheelhouse. Because if I'm, like, too happy, then I'm, like, nervous that that shit is about to, some bullshit is about to happen to me. And then if I'm, like, too sad, then I'm just completely worthless. Right. But that little, am I just a weird person? Am I a sick person? Because I kind of like being sad a little bit. No. I mean, you're a sick person, but not because of that. And because I like I like the drama of like having uh, sort of these tumultuous like relationships and shit, you know, like the past. Um, I forgot what I was going to say because I was high. But now I just remembered another thing that's different that I want to say is that like yeah. entertainment is entertainment, nigga, whatever you fuck with. Plus, like, I mean, like all human relationships is the best shit ever. You know what I'm saying? It's better than yeah. all the rest of the shit. Even if it's like fucking, it's so crazy to me because it's just like, even if it's like you a nigga who like is always hating on niggas and like, you know what I'm saying? You have a particular whatever. I think that even if you are around 
people and you just getting hated on or you hating on them, you still around people and that's still like, you know what I'm saying? Those interactions are part of your life, so. Yeah. Yeah, those interactions are part of your life. But, you know, this it's always this focus on shit to like stay positive and always to like, you know, keep looking at shit on the bright side or whatever. And that's a lot of pressure, man. And it's a lot of pressure when you when people don't seem to be as fixed on things as you are as attached to like the drama or the the intensity as you are. You start to feel like, damn, am I like, you know, am I stuck here? Am I like not ever gonna grow past this shit? Is is this shit gonna be like attractive to me forever until it's just not cute no more? And I'm like old and alone, still listening to Nars Barkley, think about walking in somebody's mm-hmm. house crying. Better. <laughs> no, um, no, you're not stupid, nigga. It just it feels crazy sometimes. And shout outs to music, Ooh, you froze for like being able yet again being able to speak mm-hmm. exactly what I needed to speak. Hold on, wait, what happened? Oh no. Yeah, we good now. All right. Uh, yeah. So like, wait, you we had we had some technical difficulties in the middle of the episode. So welcome back we to back. Run It the Fuck Back podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we should play like a musical interlude. I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna cut this out and put a musical interlude right here. I was gonna say do some shit like that. Yeah. Uh. Y- wait. So wait, where did we leave off at? I don't remember where we left off at. However. I do want to start it off by talking about, and I was listening to the album again today, and I was thinking yeah. about um, just, I was thinking about first how important the album was and how kind of important Norris Barkley was musically to my and your life specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wondered if, like, so CeeLo was always just like a, even though he was always singing, he was a hip hop artist, you know what I'm saying? But shit, yeah. like, specifically starting, I guess kind of. So with Saint Elsewhere, it's still songs that are very, like, clearly rap songs. You know what I'm saying? And uh-huh. with starting, going back to what we were talking about yesterday, the Odd Couple, um, where he has no fucking verses, it's all non-rap songs by a hip-hop yeah. artist. And I wonder, and then this was the start of his transition into not really, I don't want to say into not, this is the beginning of his transition out of like the box of rapper, you know what I'm saying? And into popular culture because like right after the odd couple, he released that uh mixtape that nobody has heard. That fucking Straight Bullets mixtape. Yeah, the which, one with oh uh, Straight Bullets. I we used to bump that daily. That shit is we fire. used to bump straight. Yeah, straight that bullets is, is crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah. Damn. I was listening to that shit a little bit today too, and I was like, then like this nigga like had like had clearly that, gotten it had more that one song lessons. with the f- it had the song with that French girl on it. Yeah. I, I would have waited for like a week or two, but you never try to reach me. No, that shit is, that hard, shit is hard, man. I think <laughs> you should listen to it again because a lot of shit he's talking about is particularly, I thought, poignant to today where he was just talking about, essentially, this is just to go to see like niggas who are older just because just they ain't 
like really on on shit like young niggas be on they understand the patterns and shit yeah. so like that song you don't shock me anymore he's just talking about well now there's no such thing there's no mysticism behind being a rock star and th- now just anybody can do it essentially because of social media you know what i'm saying you can just get famous off doing anything yeah. and not any i don't think he was saying that it was anything bad it was just like it's just kind of boring that just now anybody can be or whatever um, but I just think that that's kind of interesting, so you should listen to it now. But I was thinking about, like, right after that, he came out with that album with Fuck You and all that shit, and then it was just, like, continued. Yeah. To, and then, like, he started getting on The Voice. He was a judge on The Voice. But, like, he entered, like, a larger sphere of popular music where people not, where people did not necessarily associate him with being a rap artist, even though if they knew he had had some associations with rap artists and had done rap shit in the past. But I wonder if that, like... I wonder how much of that, and this is just me kind of thinking out loud, but I wonder how much of that added to hip-hop's growing cultural influence. Because at this point, 2019, hip-hop is inarguably the the biggest cultural force in the nation. Yeah, all it's, forms, it's the largest. Yeah, It's the most popular media. form of music, I think, in the world, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and specifically in America, if you're making music today, then you are... S- in some way influenced by an idea that was strongly worked out in hip-hop music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even, especially, it's the easiest thing that I always point out to people is drum patterns. You know what I'm saying? Because any any pop yeah. song that's, that you hear being made with a fucking 808 or with a fucking TR-808 or a TR-909 or bass drums or even, like, uh, 16th note hi-hats, that's all rap shit. Not that it had yeah, not existed sure. before, but, like, it became, like, a a, a staple to the sound of like early hip hop. And so I just wonder how much like CeeLo's transition from that kind of helped that because I wonder, or I wonder if anybody was ever like, oh damn, this like CeeLo Fuck You song is hard. What was his other shit? And if you go back to the other shit, you just go back to Dungeon Family shit. You know what I'm saying? I think you gotta, I think you gotta also, um, it's, it's worth mentioning the influence of funk music. Because you said some interesting about uh, 16th note patterns and shit. Funk music is based on a 16th note grid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everything... I didn't know that, all the, Yeah, so all the syncopation in a funk song, the bass notes, the the ghost, everything, mm-hmm. it's all off a 16th note, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everything comes from that. And hip-hop is like that, too, especially hip-hop in the South. Because Northeast, like, the East Coast shit, was based more on like uh like a uh quarter note hi hat pattern. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? More rock influence. I mean it was some like, you know, funk and jazz in there, but like a lot of like the big drum breaks and shit that was sampled wasn't even like big funk records. It was like a lot of big like rock records and shit that yeah. was had the dope breaks in the in the northeast yeah i mean that makes sense too because like just not to distract you from your point but it makes sense too because like new york being like the epicenter of where hip-hop started was also like there was big movements in all forms of kind of rock music from however long you know what i'm saying and that's why to me like new york city is the cultural epicenter of the united states of america and arguably the cultural epicenter of the world yeah arguably yeah it's such an international influential city yet extremely insular that's why you have so many other forms of music that are like you know becoming formidable 
like kind of unbeknownst to New York. Like New yeah. York was kind of late to the party on everything outside of the East Coast. You know yeah, what I'm saying? For sure. But um, I think that hip hop being as melodic as it is today and as uh more out of the culture of the South than yeah. of the of the East Coast, I think that speaks to how connected the South stayed to like traditional American f- black folk music. Facts. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Facts. Like blues and then and then which evolved into funk, which then evolved into into like outcast and yeah, yeah. motherfucking uh booty bass shit in Miami and mm. goddamn G funk shit in California, yeah, which yeah. were all which were all like great migration places. Like the Great Migration, they yeah, went yeah. from the South to California and the Midwest. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? So Exactly. Yeah. I think so yeah, I think there is some validity to that. I don't know if CeeLo Green like single handedly did that, but yeah. I think like artists like CeeLo and Outkast, Sleepy Brown and them, you can't sleep on no pun intended, but you can't sleep on Sleepy Brown's uh and and just organized noises ear for spreading that shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, and I wasn't necessarily trying to argue that I was just wondering if CeeLo had I mean, what influence he had on kind of like opening up the the doors to like the cultural influence of hip hop, even the littlest bit. Because around that time, like hip hop was really starting to, I mean, you know, we talked about this a million times. It was really starting to take chances around this time. And like, so people like Danger Mouse were working with rap artists and yeah. fucking like pop artists and, you know, and a rock artist and shit. Yeah. Um, and just like but it, Gorillaz was, it was, was blending, was making shit that was very rappy, even though it was not necessarily, it didn't like, it doesn't necessarily feel specifically like American music, but like Damon yeah. Auburn was listening to rap, you know what I'm saying? Like, and understood yeah, like I mean, how to it was integrate a good time. all this shit in there. That was a good time for being black, period. That was a good time for like black culture, because at that time... Uh, we was coming off the heels of Dave Chappelle, yeah, like Chappelle show, and like, which was like kind of the beginning of being able to say nigga on TV, mm-hmm. and like for a, for like a a brief, maybe like four year period post Chappelle show, there was a lot of nigga being said on TV, but it was Lots like a nigga. lot of black people. So Boondocks, yeah. you had you had motherfucking Black Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then you had all them, uh, like, before Black Jesus became a TV show, yeah. you had, like, the Black Jesus web series, Tube Steak. All yeah. of that shit was, you know, kind of brewing. And CeeLo was involved in that because Doom was involved in it and Danger Mouse was involved in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CeeLo was, like, in that world. I mean, he did some he did some work on Boondocks, I think. CeeLo? Yeah, yeah, he was like he was a voice actor. I can't remember on what episode, but he was like Rollo. I think he played Rollo Goodlove. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it was what Rollo, Rollo Goodlove. Good yeah, and niggas like, do you think I want to be sitting behind P Diddy at the BET Awards? <laughs> no, Huey, I really don't. <laughs> Eating uh fucking crab cakes with Ann Coulter and shit. That, that shit, shit was hilarious, shit was bro. Funny. Also, like thinking about it, and like I know this, and I like I know the things you're saying, but thinking about like, wow. We, I didn't connect this when I was really young, or I didn't understand how big of a deal it was. But like when niggas started saying nigga on TV, that was big. Oh yeah, that what? was huge. <laughs> and I mean, shout I was out like, to Dave Chappelle. Yeah, it was like I mean, we were like 13, 14 when Chappelle was first coming on. But like, yep. just I mean, so I had not connected it to like larger societal, the- you know, themes. But like, just like wow, that shit was a big deal. And you're right. And then just like now, Boondocks is saying nigga, and like all this shit is starting to like kind of creep in. That's yeah, crazy. Black Dynamite the movie came out, which was 
Like it was just like a lot of like, like dynamite. Real, the moment. I'm running thing. Uh, oh my yes, <laughs> cream corn, bro. That nigga said, "I am running things. I'm running thing." <laughs> I ain't never felt myself like that nigga was feeling himself during that oh little run. Oh my god, bro, that shit's so funny. Another part in that movie is so that's funny. Cream corn again when they at the restaurant, and he like it'll be even better if we could get some service, bitch. Do you see us? <laughs> <laughs> like the <laughs> oh, shit. oh man, his order. Oh, uh, I gotta. I have to watch that shit. He said. He said. Uh, he said. <laughs> I forgot what he said, but anyway, he said he wanted two hot dogs split down the middle twice. Smush fry that. It's just funny, man. You gotta watch that shit again. Black yeah, dynamite. So funny. Bitch, do you see us? <laughs> that's fact. But also speaking of Oh, and Freak Neek the Musical as well. Oh, Freak Neek the Musical. CeeLo Green was damn, the voice of uh he was the voice. Who was he who was he the voice of? The light the white dude. He was the yeah, voice of the white dude yeah. in uh Yeah. But I was thinking about um also this particular time in rap for people our age because like yeah. no matter what i don't know if i want to say this for all genres but like no matter what specifically for rap young niggas introduce all the new ideas you know what i'm saying like the the young the young people are really the ones who are out especially with like social media will like take big risks and do whatever and then just like somebody will recognize oh that's kind of hot even though you didn't mean that maybe but i'm gonna i'm gonna do something like that you know give so, some examples for for people who may disagree Oh man. I mean, I just think that like I guess I think I can think of a couple off top. I guess that like I mean, one of the easiest things for me was just like the use of autotune, you know what I'm saying? Just like from yeah. Lil Wayne and T Pain and, and shit. And especially it was not so much with T Pain because thinking, But I'm even thinking more current examples like Tyler the Creator and like the whole our future shit. They the, all the new ideas they introduced. Yeah. ASAP, the ASAP mob, all the new ideas they introduced. Specifically, uh, um, specifically, uh, well, yeah, when ASAP were like blending the fucking very New York shit with very, very Southern shit in a nice way, but yeah. also the use of the acronym as name. That was, yeah. that's huge. Just even how you label yourself, you know, just yep. young niggas, you know. And exactly. So, but so I was thinking, Raider Clan, yeah. Lil B, Soldier Boy. All these niggas. The, the list go, young niggas move the needle yeah. when it comes to like trends in hip hop. Yeah. No, I don't even think you can argue that shit. Yeah. And I mean, probably in trends in many things, but specifically with hip hop, because like there's always that like young and I don't give a fuck. We rapping shit. So it's like I'm literally a 16 right. year old. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And exactly. And that really like opens up ideas for everybody else. Um, and so I was thinking about us at this age, and for me, um, yeah, I had kind of just made, and I was thinking about blues, and I was so like at this time when I was listening to fucking uh, Gorillaz heavy and Nars Barkley heavy and that fucking CeeLo mixtape heavy, um, I was I was starting to change the way I was making music, um, which also which Abs also kinda, absolutely same, which also kind of played a small part in me stopping to like trying to pursue music. Like as a as my like major practice, um, but so I was thinking about just how I recognize that like the influence, even maybe if I didn't know how to articulate, I understood the influence that rap was really really gaining by you know just like listening to the Gorillas or listening to this Nars Barkley shit or even shit that like was starting to sound rappy or even like and we talk about how like Manny Fresh told me to f how to fucking find that like bounce and that like rhythm and all shit. I started to realize yeah. that. So many things, even though they're not considered rap songs, you can rap over. 
And so it has that rhythmic aesthetic quality to it that like is like is throughout is the through line through a lot so much music that's just outside of rap. And so that kind of like I mean that's cuz rap I mean rap is also sample based and shit. That's right. the that's the fucking root of it. So yeah. Wait. I guess like niggas been finding shit to rap over that you don't supposed to rap over. That's what made it it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And to to go back to what I was saying and to reinforce the point you just said, that was what made me start to dig out samples that weren't necessarily soul samples. And so like I had always kind of made kind of boom bappy shit a little bit, but like not not super boom bappy because I'm still from the Midwest, so shit had to be melodic a little bit. And so yeah. shout out Snipe Wonder. You know what I'm saying? Um but so I was thinking about um how and that Kanye is, and no ID. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about how um that changed my production style and I was thinking about the song specifically um what is the fucking name of that song? Give me one very quick It's on second. Odd couple? Yeah, yeah. Um I think it was uh the drum patterns on No Time Soon a lot and uh would be killer. It's just like okay, these are these are not necessarily rap songs, but I can see a rap aesthetic to them. Or maybe not even aesthetic musically, but I can see that the idea is connected to some idea that is present in rap. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that just like kind of changed the way that I started to perceive not only the music that I can make, but like where I should look for music to be inspired by. You know what I'm saying? And so like Yeah, I and, think that was something I think that was something for like that everybody experienced because yeah around that time around 2000 what eight eight nine, nine ten, yeah that's when also cuddy started coming out definitely and started doing shit with like mgmt and ratatat yeah, yeah yeah and you and uh vic what was vic mensa's group called uh kids in the kids in the hall is it no that wasn't that wasn't vic mensa that was some other niggas but I, but no, yeah. I, I could swear Vic Mensa was Kids in the Hall. No, Kids in the Hall were two other Chicago niggas. What was Vic Mensa? Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, like, everybody was doing that at that time. Mm -hmm. Everybody was starting to sample, like, Emojin Heap and shit like yeah. that. Or, like, uh, yeah, for sure. fucking... And, um, and low-key, people were stamping, sampling Imogen Heap and shit because of Clams Casino, but really because of fucking Lil B. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because of Lil B. Because of Birth of Rap and like all the shit that and Clam was milli. making for him. Yeah, exactly. Two milli, bro. That oh, man. Don't we? I, we could. Don't get me started on how influential Lil B has been. We can't even do a one single episode on that. That should be six that, hours. That's nigga. like yeah. <laughs> that would be like a, a episode with like four volumes, man. You know what I'm saying? Man, yeah. But that is what sparked that whole kind of thing. People starting to like approach rap differently for like more intersectionally which i liked Loved. and i think that CeeLo didn't necessarily i don't think that he necessarily moved the needle when it comes to that though no nah. i i mean I, I i think he i think he just was down with it yeah, yeah. i think kanye is the person that moved the needle on that shit that's in, that's inarguable i mean for sure i mean because like 808s and heartbreaks that's what I was about you know to say. Lest like, we forget 808s and Heartbreak. Yeah. So I think I feel like Kanye and T Pain made something that like kind of like snowballed into what could become uh Gnarls Barkley. Yeah. And I, I also think that like in that realm, niggas like Doom started like to get a little more popularity. I cause like we can't I don't think we can un, uh 
overlook the influence that Adult Swim had on uh, niggas getting hip to shit that was outside of what they would typically be exposed to. That's a fact. Because the first time I heard in like Mad Villainy, one of the best rap albums of all time, inarguable. That album yeah. I heard, that album came out in 2004 and we were 14 and I was not hip to Doom when I was 14. Or not like not, at all. Not hip, or like not hip to like, not hip in that way. But I didn't know he existed. I feel like I'm gonna I, come clean. I feel like I knew he existed. I don't know where through, but maybe just from like rap blogs or some dumb shit. But yeah, because of Adult Swim and like Boondocks and shit, that's where I heard fucking uh like Mad Villainy for the very first time. I remember I was in Same. my fucking daddy's old house, um when he after he my parents got divorced and he got this little crib in the Raytown School District. But I remember like hearing kind of about Doom or like knowing about Doom when I was sixteen. And so I was just like, so I could recognize the voice, but I remember like Raid came on an episode and then on one of their bumps, on one of the Adult Swim's bumps, um, one of the songs was playing maybe Curls or something. And I was like, what is yeah. this? Shit? This shit is hard. And then just from that, you Bruh, found like Mad accordion. Lib, I heard Accordion. Yeah. I heard yeah. Accordion on like one of them like stingers. It was like between shows or something. Yeah. And I'm, I was like, what the fuck? That do what you do what you I'm like, Man, this shit crazy. That's also around the time I got hip to Flying Lotus yes. via Adult Swim. Via Adult Swim. Um, Fact. And uh, like I got hip to like Shlo formerly Henry from Outer Space, currently known as Shlomo. Yeah. I got hip to him around that time via like Joe Marcus, yeah, yeah. and that's how I even Joe Marcus showing me like what LA was doing in 2008 made it so that like when I heard it on Adult Swim, I was like primed to know what I was listening for because I exactly. don't think I would have otherwise. But um, yeah, I I think that like. It's necessary to state how important of a role, if even tangentially, mm -hmm. Adult Swim had on the success of Gnarls Barkley. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And especially because, like, CeeLo already had his little hands with the Danger Doom shit, which was for Adult Swim, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know exactly. what I'm saying? He had his hands in all this shit. I was thinking specifically about man, what a good time! Yeah, what a right? great time! That was such a good time, bro. Yeah, it and it was like it was like pre. Uh, I'm about to go just on a little tangent. It was like pre, uh, fucking, internet the ubiquity of social media. It, right. it was existent. It existed, but it wasn't as wide as it was. It was back when you could only have Instagram if you had an iPhone. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and like there was still like kind of a centralized consciousness. Like everybody was getting exposed to like the same shit at the same time. Right. There wasn't like an overload of content and there wasn't so many like niche avenues one could travel down. Like so like, many niche avenues that are readily available through internet access, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause today you can talk to somebody who you think would know about something, but they know about like, they know about something in that world, but just like a hair they're they're, path was a hair different than your path right. where in back in tw 2008 2010 you couldn't meet nobody that couldn't quote the whole second season of boondocks That's a you fact. couldn't do it Not you know what i'm saying like everybody could quote boondocks everybody could quote Chappelle's show or killing them softly mm -hmm. or you right, know what i'm saying right, right. everybody was like listening to and seeing the same shit at the same time Thanks. which made for a lot of shit that is still holding on today drake big shine um yeah. Cuddy, you know, CeeLo still, like, that yeah. catapulted his entire career. Like, CeeLo's a superstar, yeah. and he was not before. You know what I'm saying? He was, like, just another member of Dungeon Family before. For the longest time. Even when he, he released those, and, like, it's crazy, too, because even when he releases other two solo albums that were, like, 
there were rap songs on it for sure, but like he really, really intentionally blended all kind of genres very strangely in all of his music, but especially in like that first album. You know what I'm saying? That, that first, first that first solo album. Is that what the one with getting grown on it? Yeah, getting grown and bass head jazz. Uh, and fucking uh one for the road. I wish my mama was a lie to see. <laughs> that album. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's on the same vibe as Gnarls Barkley, which is why it was so believable when he did it. Yeah, it, it exactly. didn't feel, even if you didn't like know about that shit, I mean, you had heard Sunshine featuring Trick Daddy. Everybody had heard that. Yeah, for sure. Or like uh the Timberland and CeeLo song. <sighs> Damn, I don't even remember, but I know, I know. When course. you want yeah, me to yeah. call me, when you call I'll me, I'll be around. Yeah, when you, I'll be around. Yeah, Damn, that, that shit. Hard. Yeah. So like you had probably heard that shit like at a football game or something. Mm-hmm. So, but but when uh, Crazy came out, it's it kind of picked up where that shit left off that it, those albums and his earlier stuff don't really sound that much different you know yeah fact in in a good way like in a consistent sort of that is who he is as an artist type of way yeah that's what i was saying and yeah i think that you're right about how when he started doing the Norris Barkley shit if many other rappers would have even rappers who sung at the time which like at the time, I mean, even though 50 was singing, 50 ruined Ja Rule's career from singing. You know what I'm saying? R.I.P. Ja Rule's career. Yeah, like, damn, they, he really just bullied this nigga. Nigga, he eviscerated this nigga's entire shit. And yeah, right, if his shit wasn't so hot and so pointy and so funny, too, maybe I would have felt something for Ja at the time, but I was 13 and he was heating this nigga. And I, you know, I, I, hey, look, I, I'm hey, culpable, man. too, shit. But I was thinking... If that shit- if that shit would have happened today, I still would have stuck with Ja, because Ja has some motherfucking bangers, bruh. That's a fact. That is a real fact. Where's Ja? Um, I was I forgot what the fuck I was about to say. About singing. Oh, yeah. That's why I was fucking uh thank you. That's why I was fucking believable when he did Norris Barkley when if it was many I don't even know who else at that time I would have kind of replaced him with if you had dared me, you know? Um, but that was because he always was on some other shit. And like that just speaks to kind of like the larger Dungeon family too. They're always like thinking about ways. They understood like the origins of black music. And so like they could play around with genre in a very believable way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like we said in the Big Boy episode, I don't think that any collective speaks to the black experience more accurately than the Dungeon family. That's right. Specifically Outcast, but like the whole Dungeon family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just. I don't know how they do it. They make it so relatable to everybody, you know? Yeah. And then, right. like, even the way CeeLo does this, too, like, the way that they blend straight nigga shit with, like, that, with, like, beautiful shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so fair. they'll be, they, they will talk about, like, some flowers and some roses and comparing, like, you know, sexual experiences to, you know, divine experiences. But then they'll also say some shit like, don't pull a thing out unless you're ready to bang. Right. And don't plan to bang unless you plan to hit something. You, you know, know what, what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. Or or shit like uh what's the other what's the other one? Uh My Heart Goes Pity Pat for No Rat. Yeah. Uh it's a, it's on Players Ball. What was the name of that Fuck. shit? How does that shit go, right? Ben and Conus then. Oh, so how does that shit go? Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. 
the weed and endo Bending corners in my Cadillac, my heart does not go pity pat for no rat. For no I'm rat. I'm leaning out yeah. the window with some, some. Yeah, yeah. Son, the endo fills my yeah. body. Where's the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, the, and, a bunch of their songs, you know, they, yeah. they go from. What's the one song? Millennium. Yeah. They talking about some straight killing shit on that motherfucker. Fact. Or when Andre 3000 says, niggas need to quit acting hard and shit before you get, get your, your ass, ass whooped. <laughs> I slap the fuck out ya. Come on, bro. Like, <laughs> that's how, look, don't play. That's my regular mode throughout the regular day. Like, look, I'm happy and I'm having a good day. I'm smiling at you, but choke some act right because... I'm, yeah, I'll, you just liable to get slapped on, nigga. <laughs> liable to get slapped the fuck out of, bro. I ain't even trying to That's, beat niggas I mean, up no more. Like I'm too old to beat niggas up. I just want to slap slap you one good tea. Just like shut, sit down, nigga. I got shit to did do. Did you like. did you coin the phrase? Because I remember you said this back in the back in the day. Did you make up the the term avant gutter? Yes. Absolutely. I really we I I really think that should be popularized because I think that's like the best kind of terminology to describe what Dungeon Family does. It's like yeah, that's a fact. It's avant gutter, man. You know what me I'm saying? And Will and Will you met Will, right? Will Tony? Will Tony, yeah. Yeah, shout out to this nigga. Um yeah, me and Will came up with Avant Gutter sometime like right, like maybe my senior year of high school. He was a year above me, so maybe like my senior year or something. But yeah, I just have not like really that's such a like a like that has always stuck with me as such a like a profound like combination but so i want to come up with a, like a, a succinct definition took for it you know what i'm saying yeah um, absolutely but yeah that's what i think when i think about outcast i think about or like the dungeon i mean I think the about definition is right the definition is right there it's like it's all you got it you know what i'm saying yeah, that's fair. you just like write it I, I, you know i'm not telling you how to live your life but in the beginning of your next book or some shit you should like clearly define it you know make etymology for it and all that i could shit i got a month at this residency to not do nothing but Sneak out and blow some trees, beat off, write some. Hey, I've been giving myself some bangers these days. I can't like, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Nobody can touch me like me. What are you talking about? <laughs> nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Yo, when Charlie hit us today and said that he had a dream of me, you, him, and Jaren as Jodeci and fucking uh, karaoke. We can make that Hilarious. happen. Yeah, we can. That's His birthday is coming up. That's what I'm saying. Also, you know I'm I saying? think I was just sending this to the other chat that was like fucking me, Charlie Bragg, and Josh. This is uh, the day after Charlie's birthday. Which, which I'm sad. I'm sad that I'm not in that, by the way. I've been sad that I'm not in that since I knew it existed. <laughs> Nigga been holding you know on to that shit for a, a year and a half now. <laughs> Nigga Since I found out moment. that that group chat existed, I'm like, damn, I want to be in that one. <laughs> that was just how hard. Nigga, so salty. But speaking about. Uh, Charlie, sweet ass. Um, Still didn't invite me to the group chat. But anyway, <laughs> what <did> you say? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, so sorry. Um, <laughs> the day after, the day after Charlie's birthday is the Mother's Day Good Music Festival featuring Jaheen, Monica, Joe, Avant, and Raheem Devine. Special guests Ashanti. <laughs> is that the same AK one? Laughing where, in the uh, background and shit. <laughs> is that the same uh, one where? Uh, Casey took off, or was it Casey or JoJo? Oh, to, like like ruffled somebody's mama's wig or Yo. something. Was that that same shit? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he disrespected somebody, mama or auntie. Like yeah. literally took her hand, uh, ruffled that shit, and kept it moving. 
Robert likes to play. He was drunk as hell, bro. He had to be. I want to oh, beat the fuck out of this nigga on live TV, nigga. Like, what? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me? You ain't, ain't popping your no mama more, wig, nigga. I ain't gonna even lose no hood credits for this. Yeah, they're gonna lose no sleep about this <laughs> shit, bro. Nigga, I'll, I'll break. Jacquees the king of R&B in my mind, nigga. <laughs> shit, if I, if I beat up KC or JoJo, I would tell niggas immediately, like, yo, you will never know who I caught slipping the <laughs> other day. Guess who ass I just beat? <laughs> KC. <laughs> KC or JoJo. <laughs> oh, that is so stupid, man. Right, it's so stupid. That is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so it's so dumb say? and stupid that if you caught yourself whooping his ass, you would mid whooping his ass, you would think, I, I gotta tell my niggas about this as soon as I run away from the police because I know they being called right now. But as soon as I get away, I gotta tell these niggas. I gotta tell my niggas. I just beat the fuck out of Casey from Casey and Jojo. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I I'm like, we should you should write that shit down. I will always. Uh, it. It's written down in the podcast, your- nigga. What you talking about? Nigga forever immortalized, nigga. We in the Library of Congress on you, fall, nigga. <laughs> Piss ass, <laughs> fall, nigga. <laughs> Ooh, God damn, that shit's funny, bro. P U S S apostrophe A H H space F O U G H apostrophe N I H. Puss ass, fall, nigga. Fall, nigga. Uh, uh all right, what's your family. favorite songs on the on the odd couple? Your three top shit. Um little three top seven thirty, you said? That's been my new rap name on fucking SoundCloud since December. That shit hard. Three top seven thirty. Little best known little three top seven thirty. That's hard. That's hard. Uh <laughs> that's hard. Somebody came up with one today that was fucking dope. Uh shit. I can't even remember it. Never mind. Shout out to Louie too, cause the that the origin of this shit. I'm doing this shit. You know how you do shit specifically to shout out your niggas. You know what I'm saying? It has nothing mm-hmm, to do with what mm-hmm. we talk about. But I came up with Lil Three Top Seven Thirty, cause I was working at this restaurant with AK and Louie, and we were checking the reservations, and there was a three table, the, like a three top that was coming in at seven thirty. And I said, "That's hard. Fuck out of here, nigga. That's me from this moment on to this day. I'm Three Top Seven Thirty. Fuck is you talking about? I fuck with. It. That's hard. Um, but my best top, known Three Top Seven Thirty. That's hard. Look, I'm I'm trying to come up with a rap consulting company, and you just come to me. I'll approve your bars. I'll give you a rap name if you're struggling. I'll name your albums. It's fifty grand off top. I'm tired of playing yeah. with y'all niggas. Y'all could have came to me when I was 21, 22 for that for that slight work, light work family discount. I'd have did it for five hundred back then. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Not no more. Shit, nigga. I want, I'm coming up with your name. I'm gonna have you out here popping. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? We don't do marketing. We just help you get your own like personal aesthetic together. Cause yeah, you got to figure that marketing shit out on your own. Yeah, I ain't no label. Else. I don't got them resources. So <laughs> 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 This only for you. This for the hood, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, cuz, we can get you a name and shit, but all that marketing shit, cuz, <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever, shit. though. <laughs> it's like, whatever, all right. Give um, me your top my, three. My top, my top three is... Definitely, I like surprise. And speaking about what we were talking about yesterday about like identifying those emotions of this time, I kind of feel those same, not necessarily those same emotions now, but I can identify with them. But that how he comes on, it's cool being the only one, but it's lonely. But it's lonely. That to me speaks, and I know you understand this, that to me speaks to like every weird black nigga that I was 
up in, up until to this day. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, damn, until like, it got until like people, like girls turned 25 and started thinking we was the cute ones. I was always just just like, oh, he's cute. He's you know what I'm saying. He's weird. He on some other shit. But like because I wasn't a hood nigga or whatever, niggas wasn't trying to. You know what I'm saying? Not that I'm I not that I'm like mad about that well shit. Dressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you nigga salty as fuck. That nigga hurt, bruh. I mean, but yeah, because a nigga didn't dress a certain kind of way, you couldn't, you the bitches wasn't fucking with you like that. Same with me, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I was just like, damn, it was bro, like, I feel damn. You. like, it's cool. But I, it's kind of like that still, though. You see, yeah, I mean, I, in yeah. New York had me spoiled rotten. Like, being in New York, I was cleaning up, bruh. Like, not to be on no fuck shit, but like, I, p- girls were interested in me in New York. Like, That's what I'm saying. And, it works. And I Coming even, back to the Midwest, yeah. like, because I don't fit a specific mold, these bitches are like, man, who is this nigga? Right. Like, he, you cool, but... That's what I'm saying. Nigga. And so, like, I wasn't even, like, really, really fucking out here, but, like, I would still get I would still get dates, at least. There was always a prospect of, like, niggas is checking me, though. You know what I'm saying? I go back to yeah. Kansas City. Motherfuckers is not checking me. You know what I'm saying? Not at all. Not at all. But they'll be on some, oh, I see you out in New York doing this shit, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, well, what's up? Crickets, nigga. I ain't hear <laughs> shit but cicadas out this motherfucker. Like. <laughs> Bruh, just know I'm when I come back, I'm about to get the escalator on your motherfucking ass. You know when mean? I come back to New York, I'm going to be riding sweet. Y'all going to be on my dick yet again. <laughs> And it's gonna be it's gonna be lovely. Watch. Niggas gonna be Watch. real different. You know what I'm saying? Wait till I get on. No, um, you know niggas be like, man, nigga, wait. All right, so I like surprise su- is yeah. is one. Surprise is is one. And then for real, who's gonna save my soul? It's just like a beautiful song. You know what I'm saying? All you know around. what he wrote that song about? What? That song's about James Brown. Did he? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He uh he said that in a, specifically in an interview, he wrote that song like right after he found out James Brown had died. Oh, it was And like if you time, listen yeah. to it through that context, hard. You know what I'm saying? Damn, like that's, yeah. that's I, now I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that yeah. by itself was already my top, but like even given that context, like, yeah, like I'm just thinking about the lyrics and shit now. I'm like, oh shit, like yeah, yeah that's definitely and the also, most like, the bet, most like, type for for a nigga who not to cut you off but like a nigga who is CeeLo's age James Brown I'm sure was a good uh, huge influence especially performatively you know what I'm saying Oh absolutely so, um and then my And I'm sure I'm sure his parents bumped James Brown Oh my god yeah. every Saturday yeah. but like the the line that sticks out for me with uh with who's going to save my soul is um got some bad news which in turn made my day yeah. cuz it's like James Brown's record was not that's lovely when he died. Like James Brown had yeah. did some Fuck. ill shit. So it's like, you know, finally like you can rest and like we can just solidify you with the little bit of dignity that we still got for you. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? We you could we can stop like making a spectacle out of this nigga that changed a lot of people's lives, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Um and then my last one is neighbors, just cause it's funky and it's just like some of my favorite CeeLo writing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just a brilliant fucking song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just fucking brilliant. Yeah, and that shit... And there's no samples on it. For the longest time, I thought it was, like, a sampled song because there are still... The album is still about half sampled. You know, still, like, mm-hmm. very heavily sampled. But when I was looking at that shit, there were no samples. And so I'm just, like... And that, to me, also speaks to, like, at the time... Danger Mouse's... Danger Mouse's yeah. whole shit and his... How he was really kind of moving and how he was fucking making music and what he was choosing to sample and what he was choosing to make yeah. on his own. Because that could easily, you can find some sample that kind of is that idea of Neighbors and like make a sampled version of it. 
but just like him. But that just shows how tapped in he is. Exactly. I mean, even if you look at Demon Days, yeah, you know, exactly. Damon Auburn, Auburn said that corny ass shit about sampling. That really out of touch quote about sampling. Yeah. Basically, like he doesn't sample because it's unoriginal, which I mean, in a way, that's true. But that's like looking at sampling in a vacuum. Yeah. Also, um, to, to play. But, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, he didn't use no samples on that Gorillaz album. Yeah. And a lot of them, like, that's, he just is a student of the game. He listens to music and he assimilates that shit really well. And he can make something entirely new sound really familiar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a fact. And fuck, That's a skill. And yeah, and then, and then quickly, fuck that sampling, that's nothing original shit. Because first of all, if I am a drummer and I go and see a nigga play a specific run, you know what I'm saying, at a show, and then I go back and do that in the studio, I sample that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I took that idea and made it into something else. And like saying that sampling is unoriginal, it's it's looking at it, like you said, in a vacuum, and it's not speaking to like socioeconomic factors of, if you were black and trying to make music, you can't afford no motherfucking instruments. You can't afford studio yeah. time. You know what I'm saying? You can't afford none of this <clears> shit. <throat> How else are you supposed to get all the parts you need. You're going to be innovative and you're going to take those parts from other means, you know? And so I Especially think that like this... Especially not in the 70s in Bronx. That's what I'm, in the that's Bronx, what I'm saying. Bro. You're, not, you're not buying nothing. Nothing. But like, you know what I'm Roach saying? spray, my nigga. That's a, and that ain't even doing shit. No disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect to the Bronx, but like... No disrespect to them roaches. The 70s, the 70s in the Bronx was brazy, brazy. bro. But yeah, I just feel like that, that whole argument to me is just like, how quickly does it become a like, I don't, I don't know, like something about you know black people not you know just like invalidating rap as like a creative force or like it's not even original fuck yeah. out or like rappers aren't musicians shut up don't come to yeah. me with that and <laughs> and it's so crazy that he i didn't expect him to say some shit like that right yeah it's so because he puts so many rappers and like rap tropes in his music especially right. gorilla's music exactly which maybe he thinks gorilla maybe he doesn't take gorilla's music as seriously as he takes his other projects yeah but I'm I'm hard pressed to believe that. I don't think that that's true. So it's just weird that he would have that opinion yeah. on sampled music. Fact. When like the the very fiber of what you do is based on sample based music. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> What's your top but, three? You know, white people be saying problematic shit sometimes, and they don't even realize it. And I mean that's probably problematic too. But you know, who's it gonna hurt? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's it gonna fucking hurt? My my top three. Uh, obviously, um, a little better is is number one. Love that shit. That it's I just like the uh, the simple mm -hmm. baseline on it. Yeah. Do, and do, do, then I do, like do. how like minimal the vocal is, mm -hmm. but then there's still like big chorus sections, big harmony in that shit. Yeah. Like when it the uh oh uh, yeah. Everything's mm -hmm. fine. Take your time with me mm -hmm. on your mind. Crazy. I love that. Uh <clears throat> I you love know that the song She Knows is about Huh? Go ahead. You know the song She Knows is about his mom? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's about his mother. And I love that song too. Because <clears throat> it's his writing is like kind of really open to interpretation. So you can I mean, it's it's from the perspective that like his mother is like a ghost and shit, mm -hmm. and like, uh, 
Yeah, and like he would, she would want him to know that she knows that like she he feels that she can't be replaced, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And you can like interpret that from like it being a love song. Um, I love songs that can, <laughs> I love songs that can be uh, interpreted as love songs that aren't necessarily love songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I think the drum pattern on that shit is amazing too. Yeah, facts. And when we was talking about like that whole Adult Swim kind of aesthetic, that beat, that's like a Flying Lotus like kind of Adult Swim aesthetic. Yeah. The, the flute and like Definitely. the washy mm-hmm. uh, crash symbols or ride symbol rather. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Lyrics great, beat is great, etc. That so. low no have mercy on me. me. Uh, <laughs> Lord have mercy on me. Uh so no um <clears throat> a little better. Uh she knows. Mm-hmm. And No Time Soon. Mm-hmm. I love No Time Soon. No time. Wait, 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 wait. Let me make sure that this it's no time soon. Be one of those days. Yeah, yeah. No time soon. Yeah. Because that song in particular kind of shaped the way I started making beats around that time. Yeah, and I was thinking, um, I don't know I don't know if I said this one specifically, but like, yeah, this that's one of the ones earlier when I was talking about how it kind of changed the way I was like kind of, oh, so you can make shit like this and it still has this rap idea even though it's not a rap beat you know what i'm saying yeah that was really that's a really influential beat on me for sure yeah it was for me too um honorable mentions being charity case which is the opening track uh open book which is such an unorthodox crazy song yeah i don't know how he heard that beat and was like no this one yeah it's so unorthodox man like the beat is Really hard to catch, but once you catch it, it's like yeah. simple. All the other drums is kind of just a a ruse. Yeah, it's really kind of a simple two, uh, simple four four. Yeah, type shit. So those are my top three. Uh, no time soon. She knows a little better. With honorable mentions being open book and charity case. Yeah. All in all, though, the album is great. Top to bottom, I don't, I don't, it's no skips for me. Yeah, no skips. Even like Blind Mary is probably my least favorite, but when I'm putting on the album, I still fuck with it, and it still comes on. I'm like, oh yeah, this song is good, you know. No, the lyric, I love the lyrics in that shit. I feel because imagine, I feel like, like uh, um, it's it's that weird shit where it's like I'm not necessarily, I don't. It's not that I don't like Blind Mary, but it's like I really love Neighbors, so Neighbors always the next one. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. Blind Mary, I get you, but I'm trying to hear Neighbors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not speak. Not saying that uh, Blind Mary is not good. It's uh, an amazing song. The whole shit is fucking great. I wonder what it's about. I want because like okay, the, my favorite like kind of stanza in that whole song is, "She's my friend. She doesn't judge me. She has no idea I'm ugly. So I've absolutely nothing to hide because I'm so much prettier inside." Yeah. That shit like, touch super touching because yeah. I be feeling like that on a personal level. <clears throat> I be like a lot of times I feel like I'm not like worthwhile. Yeah. To like people that are around me, so I have like some really great friends. You, Charlie, Jaron, uh, my homegirl Zoe, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> just like a, like to name a few. Joe Marcus, mm-hmm. you feel me? Like I have some great friends, and a lot of times I feel like you know I'm not I'm not like on the level to be able to like be around y'all. Yeah. So uh, that song like resonated with me a lot because it's almost like y'all are like either. I'm not as ugly as I think I am, or y'all are like blind 
mm-hmm. to the ugliness so I can like kind of really be myself because you can't like see all this like these ill feelings that I have towards myself. Yeah. It's just weird self-esteem shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like that song like resonates with me pretty pretty heavily. I like that a lot. So I guess that's an honorable mention too. Blind Mary only four niggas. <laughs> Blind Mary only four niggas. <laughs> I think that's it though. Yeah, that's it. Run the fuck back podcast, nigga. We professionals, nigga. Motherfucking uh technical difficulties, but then we back at your ass with the motherfucking truth. Like I said, the nigga. hate the hate be so real, the love be so fake. You can't keep niggas down, nigga. Fuck out of here. Blueface, come on the show, nigga. Diddy, I don't think we mentioned you this whole episode, but now we did now. No, we, at us, we nigga, did every him episode. We mentioned the line where Rallo Goodlove didn't want to sit behind B. <laughs> We really fucking do this shit, my nigga. I'm nowhere. Don't shit. ever let these niggas tell you that we don't do this media shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking media right here, I nigga. Come on, man. Diddy, holla at me. Jay-Z, holla at me. Rest in peace, Nipsey mm-hmm. Hussle, my nigga. All that shit. Rest in peace, this nigga, for real, for real. I saw this motherfucker. I saw this nigga uh, funeral today a little bit before class. <sighs> OD sad, huh? Yeah, I mean, I just mostly watch uh, his brother and then Lauren London and then his sister talk. And I was just like, and you know, like old pictures of this nigga. I was just like, it was just like another, not to even like do another Nipsey episode. It was just like one of those times where it's like, wow, damn, they really actually killed this nigga. That wasn't like yeah. some shit that I just was in a fog and I thought I missed, you know what I'm saying? They really nope. killed this nigga. He gone, cuz gone. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is still crazy. Yeah, that shit will forever be um, crazy. But, but we out. All right, cuz. I, I think that's it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah.